Cowabunga. Yeah. <laughs> Grizzlebees. I love the sexy slither of a lady snake. Uh, <laughs> okay. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. This is a uh, special Patreon episode in that it's a, it's a format that I've never done before. Uh, it is a covers-only episode uh, for Patreon people. Because uh, today we're going to talk about birdhousing your soul. What? Again? You already did that one. That is true. But at a live episode, uh, the cover section thing doesn't work as well when there are a bunch of people sitting out there and you're like playing YouTube clips of whatever. So in in Chicago, last July, we had Birdhouse in Your Soul live taping uh, and we had a roundtable. I've got two people from that roundtable rejoining me. Now to do the absent cover section uh, for Birdhouse, because it's got a lot of covers. So we've got Rachel Jones and Spencer Parks here. Hello, guys. What's up? How's it going? Yeah. I think you got the lesser two of that. (laughs) (laughs) The the least famous members of that. (laughs) Thus far. You know. You know, it's funny because like uh, Marcus Nuccio from Drummer of Pet Cemetery and um, lots of other stuff, really. And then Bob Nana, the guitarist and singer of Braid and Hey Mercedes and other stuff. Um, both of them are people that like, I, I mean, especially Bob Nana, he's been around forever. He's a guy I look up to, but he's not like um, someone that people outside of punk and like emo fandom would know. Like he's not like a household name. Um I mean, neither John Linnell and John Flansburg, you know, as much as we'd like to think they are, <laughs> you know, if you mentioned... Depends on the household. Yeah, well, true. Is it a cool household or not? But they're not, you know, I mean, they had big hits and they were a major label band, but now they're just kind of like in their own little universe. They are awesome and we, you know, worship their music. But like, if you mentioned even the band, they might be giants to people. They... I mean, don't you think that like nine out of 10 people would be like, what? No. Um, but we can talk about that when we yep. do our Patreon <laughs> uh, conversation about my diss. Um, but no, diss. I disagree with you. Oh, okay. I think if you mention songs, you're more likely to get a response. Like, oh, hot dog. If it's a parent, you're like, oh, you know that hot diggity dog song? Yeah. Oh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse song? Yeah. You mentioned people that are slightly older. We've heard the Daily Show theme, right? Yeah. Or Malcolm in the Middle, or you mentioned Istanbul or Birdhouse or Tiny Toons. But the name They Might Be Giants isn't, I don't feel, a household name like it used to be. But anywho, neither is uh, Braid, sadly, because it's like, I grew up in that shit. <laughs> uh, and then Pet Cemetery are an awesome more, you know, Marcus is actually younger than me, um, but he's had, you know, good success with a couple of bands. And Pet Cemetery is awesome. They have just, I've just locked them down to do the Boss of Me episode. Oh. Because uh, as you know, they covered the the theme song length version of Boss of Me at that live show. Did you, Rachel, were you able to, did you have to jet out I before had to the leave, music? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, did we, did we tell you what uh, Pet Cemetery's running gag was through their whole set? No. Oh, well, so... Can I guess based on the birdhouse cover? Sure. Did they end every song with uh, Life is Unfair? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. 
So they played Mammal, Eye Palindrome, I, um, Dr. Worm. So we had two doses of Dr. Worm, us and them. And we're like, ah, it's fine. Uh, Birdhouse and a pretty Rage Against the Machine version of Particle Man, which was pretty great. Um, and they ended, I think, every song. Or maybe it's once they played Boss of Me, which was pretty early in their set. And they ended it like that. Uh, then they started ending every song like that. And it was that kind of gag where it's like, you know, you laugh the first time and then they do it a second time. And you're like, really? And then a third time. And then it just increasingly gets more and more funny. Mm-hmm. So it's like, because they play, you know, they have short songs. So they probably did it at least 10 times. <laughs> and then hearing them, hearing them do it, because in whatever key the song is in, they hit that last note and they've got to do the life is unfair, wherever the key's at. And they like, <laughs> there were a couple times where they're like, life, it, wait a minute. No, life is unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't as in tune on some of them because whatever the chord was, they weren't quite. Take it down an octave. Your brain is, yeah, your brain mm-hmm. is, is set in that original one or something. I don't know. But yeah. It was pretty great. So yeah, yeah, that was that was fun doing the the live show in in, in Chicago. I like the live shows. They they stress me out a, a fuck ton. But did you guys have fun? I did have fun. It was very stressful for me because I was traveling yes. that day. Like I drove from Pennsylvania that day. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and yeah, so yeah. I I wasn't able to get prepped the way that I would have liked to. And so I was stressed because of that. But it was. It was a fun time. I like talking about that band with people. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I mean, Spencer, you had done by that point. We had already recorded. Well, I mean, you were on the very first Patreon episode, the State Songs tracks one to three, um, and before you had you had come to my place and recorded those two songs. Yeah, uh, I don't episodes. remember if it was right before or right after. Yeah, I think it was a pretty close time period. Um, but yeah, it was, it was right around then that I did all those yeah. and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. You did a big cluster, but, uh, how did, how did you compare, uh, and, and you've both in regular weekly episodes too. What was it like for you? Was it stressful compared to the just, you know, getting on the phone <laughs> yeah. and recording? Uh, 
No, the I mean, obviously, you know, when you can do something like this, you can hang out at home. But it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun to go and be in that environment with people and talk about it with a group of people. I was jealous that I couldn't come down for the uh, the original live recording, which would have been a lot of fun. Um, but I, I didn't have as nearly a stressful uh, day as you did, Rachel, because I didn't have to drive from another state. I just got to drive down from uh, my town. Uh, I was there with some friends, so I had kind of the opposite experience. But the, the the talking about the song with you guys was a lot of fun. Rachel, you are where where are you at right now? Where did you end up getting a quarantine? I'm in St. Louis. At? You are in St. Louis, yeah. okay? Because um, you're from what what area of uh, Chicago? I'm from Evanston. Yes, we both are actually. Yes, we went to the same high school, um, even like, but many years apart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old enough to be your father. I wouldn't go that far. Not quite. <laughs> a very, very young. I, I just feel like that because my back hurts all the time. It it catches up with you quick, right? Oh yeah. Anyway, for everyone out there to hear uh, these two going on their whole uh, spiel's about their fandom and all the other stuff, uh, the first time Spencer on, was on was a Patreon, but I think. You might have given a little bit of your story then, but I think you gave your full Phantom story on Fibber Island, yeah. right? Yeah, one of those. <laughs> so you guys don't need any more from me. No, you're done. No. Uh, talk as little as possible. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and then, <laughs> and then Rachel, the first one you were on was We Want to Rock, right? Yep. And then Birdhouse. Was there another one? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll be haunting mm-hmm. you. Right. Okay. So we got some veterans <laughs> of the This Might Be a Podcast crew. So... Uh, I'll probably have already dropped in a clip of the uh, Pet Cemetery cover, and what I didn't get because I my camera is always full of videos of the baby and stuff like that, so I didn't videotape the entire musical portion of the night. Um, and the venue was for being like the biggest city that I've done a uh, uh, episode in. They weren't very well set up for recording as much as my other mm. ones. Their mixer was not a USB compatible mixer. So they were actually doing a pre-mix, lining it out into my stuff through a guitar cable. And I had to bring all my preamps and stuff. And so recording the music, I could not have mixed it in post. You nerds will know what he's talking about. Yeah, well. That's weird. On the other live episodes, I could tape the music stuff and get everything from the board. So I'd even have like separate kick drum, snare yeah. drum, the guitar, the bass. This was just, it was just one thing. So I was getting the mix that you were hearing through the PA, like through the crowd. And I would just hope that it was a good mix um, and not be able to do anything to it. But so did not get a, uh, a musical, uh, a band camp music portion of that show. But this video of Pet Symmetry playing Birdhouse. I did not quite get the beginning, and uh, but I think they prefaced it like with like we're gonna fuck this up a lot because it's really hard, <laughs> and and the big they might be Giants fan is Marcus the drummer who sang lead on I Palindrome and maybe Mammal, but um, Evan the the main lead singer he did lead on Birdhouse and he fucks up the lyrics like a couple of times, yeah, um, and he he points that out he's like. I'm so sorry. We only had two practices <laughs> or whatever before this. I like that they, they basically treat it the way that I treat uh, covers live, which is like the first time you premiere a song, whether it's your own or cover, you're probably going to fuck it up just because you get more nerves going on the first time you pl- you perform a song. Each time you play it, it becomes more natural. But 
I always go in with, with They Might Be Giants covers when I do them live. And I'm like, I'm probably going to fuck this up. So just play it really loud and fast. <laughs> and any mistakes will go by. And they kind of take that approach too. What do you think, Spencer? I mean, I definitely see what you mean about the mix. You know, you didn't have control over that. And uh, he was uh, missing some words, which I, you know, but I love that he just plows right through and they're obviously having a really good time. Uh, and yeah, I like the the slightly new take, the, you know, har- little harder rock um, take of it. And, uh, and then, of course, the life is unfair at the end was a nice touch. I have a little thing to say about Pet Symmetry, I guess. Um, Go ahead. I, so... A thing that I love about They Might Be Giants in general, which maybe I've talked about in one of my other episodes, um, it was a while ago, um, <laughs> is is that they're really good about, like, they're really attentive to form of songs and to, like, uh-huh. contrast between different sections and forms. Um, and, and so it, it turns, it, it, like, creates a whole sound, like, journey that you go through as you're listening from verse to pre-chorus to chorus to bridge, what have you. Um, yeah. And I thought that Pet Symmetry did a great job of kind of replicating that in their own way, where, like, there were moments where the guitar was doing, like, a cool syncopated thing that Flans doesn't do in the original version versus the chorus, which is a lot louder and more full. I don't know. It was good formal stuff was happening there was a uh, the part in the middle where they sort of took it in another direction a little bit yeah it was good yeah and they are they're professionals they've all played you know thousands of shows in bands that have toured and and such so that's the you know you got to roll with mistakes and this is another thing i think i've gotten better at through teaching because you gotta you know you're gonna make i'm essentially performing all day you know in front of kids and singing and making music and I will make mistakes and they make mistakes. And we talk about how you need to make mistakes when you're learning instruments or singing. That's kind of part of the process. And so myself too, like, you know, laughing off mistakes or, or pretending they didn't happen. <laughs> and uh, so Evan does a really good job uh, of that. Um, you know, he's, you know, I think he knows like to the, the crowd that he's playing to, he's like, they know every mistake I'm making. Yeah. He's like, I'm kind of fucked here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if you mess up an original song, just be like, they don't know it. Um, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> he's like, ah, damn it. You could see him kind of like, ah, damn it. But, you know, he didn't play it off like, uh, like if you go like, fuck, you know, into yeah. the mic, people, you know, it doesn't look as good. But, but yeah. So uh, Evan Weiss, Eric, um, so, oh, how do I say his name? It's very, um, C Z A J A, Saisha, Saisha. I, I'm sorry, Eric. Sure. Eric, Evan, and Marcus. Very good job. Uh, and thanks sure. so much for playing that. And I'm looking forward to recording uh, the Boss of Me episode. Is going to be all three of them. And I figured, you know, quarantine time when they couldn't be on tour mm. uh, with any of their bands would be the best time to lock them down to do that. So, uh, we, we'll talk all about the how they decided to just lay into that. Life is unfair. On <laughs> It was hysterical. So, uh, Spencer, uh, let's move on to uh, a, a whole slew of covers. And what uh, is your first one you are presenting to the listeners? I think I am going to pick my number three, although, you know, a top three is is uh, hard to put down uh, or, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, it's nebulous. So my number three is one that you actually sent me uh, just before we were recording this, which is the Vitamin String Quartet one on Spotify. Um, I 
I actually have one of their albums. Uh, it's they did covers of Nightmare Before Christmas, and this one is an album from Geek Wedding Collection. So. Uh, any geeks who get married are free to have this music playing <laughs> while people are entering yeah. whatever place you're having your ceremony. And there's songs like the Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, the Imperial March, uh, the Star Trek Next Generation theme, uh, Princess Bride, and of course, Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. So uh, this, I, I just, you can't go wrong with a string quartet playing this song. Yeah, they must really like uh, They Might Be Giants because for a uh, album that is mostly TV and movie themes, they do Island in the Sun, which I'm assuming is the Weezer song. I haven't clicked on it. Uh, Birdhouse in Your Soul. And what is Kingdom Hearts? It's a video game. That's a video game. Okay. So is Portal, of course. So they really only do two act- like rock band songs in their covers. So... Weezer and uh, They Might Be Giants, I'm guessing, must be favorites of the people in the band because uh, uh, only two proper bands made it into this collection. Mm. And They Might Be Giants is one of them. This song was not at my wedding. Did we? I'm trying to think if we had a They Might Be Giants song played. It was too long ago. I can't remember. <laughs> this can't was remember. definitely not played at either of my weddings. <laughs> We, I mean, we had Andrew WK, we had Rilo Kylie, we had the Rentals, because uh, it was my friends who were the wedding band, so we got them to play whatever we wanted. But I don't think there's any. How could there not have been They Might Be Giants? I don't know. So basically, Car and I are going to have to renew our vows at some point to rectify the fact that there was no They Might Be Giants played at our original ceremony. Uh, as I don't think so. I should ask her. Um, or maybe we pitched one and they're like, it's too hard. Um, we'll do Andrew WK instead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what do you all think of the uh, the arrangement uh, of this uh, the, this this strings one here? Clearly, Spencer, you liked it since I found it and then you deleted one of your other ones to put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on my list right away. I did. Um, I. I'm not, I don't have as good of an ear as people like you do. Um, so I couldn't necessarily tell you as many specifics about the arrangement, but, uh, um, you know, I know it's, I think it's probably two violins, a viola or a, and a, a viola and a cello probably, um, which is usually what quartets are. Um, but, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I just love the sound of the 
quartet anyway, or, you know, strings and orchestras anyway. Um, and, you know, then they separating all the parts into those specific instruments, it automatically has a, a new sound. Um, I, I think at the beginning of the song, right when the drums come in, in the, in the original song, um, I miss that a little bit in this one. I think it was taken up by the cello, but it came in a little bit later than the drums usually come in. So that was a little bit weird to my brain. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I thought it was well done. It, it sounds beautiful. And, and I agree with Spencer. I love how they put the voices of the instruments into the different strings. It sounds great. Probably a shocker. I love the cello um, doing, doing that, that great bass line uh, underneath. Bass clef for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the lack of uh drums is always hard when you're doing a cover of a song with pretty heavy drum uh presence and then you take them away. Um and there's only so much percussive stuff you can do, you know, you can bow harder, more aggressively and get more of the you know, the sound of the bow hitting the strings, but you're not, you know. But that's part of the challenge. Yeah. I think uh, honestly, they should be like kicking the cello to get the kick drum. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you know, you will see like upright bass guys and like jazz groups and rockabilly groups like on occasion like smacking the body of a, of a bass. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I feel like the cello wouldn't sound too bad if they like knocked right. it with a light like fist. That would be a nice yeah. sort of. A little bit of a bassy tone. Yeah, I'll hit my acoustic guitar sometimes when I'm doing stuff at school. Uh, the kids like it when I do weird things with my instruments that they don't expect anyway. Rodrigo and Gabriela are a perfect example of that. Uh, Gabriela plays her guitar like uh, a percussion instrument. I mean, she's playing the guitar as well, but her hand is flying all over the place. I mean, she is one of the most amazing guitar players in the history of anything with what she does. And if anybody is not familiar with Rodrigo and Gabriela, you have to go check them out. They are incredible. Nice. Uh, should we move on to Rachel's first? Sure. Yeah. Um, Let's keep it rolling. Let's start with my first link, I guess, um, which should be the SoundCloud link. Uh-huh. Enzo Tavian. Um, Enzo. Yeah. I loved that cover so much. really like the synth sounds that they've got going in there um i one of the things i was paying really close attention to in general was the bridge of the different covers to see what they were doing with the bridges right. um because i feel like the bridge is a place where people can kind of show off 
their creativity, make it their own a little bit. And I think this, this cover does a mm-hmm. great job of doing that, even while it's actually sounding kind of the most similar to the They Might Be Giants version a lot, in a lot of ways, in terms of like, you get the car sounds almost, you get the trumpet sounds like overlapping and overlaying. Mm-hmm. It, like, it sounds like They Might Be Giants while somehow still not sounding like them at all in a way that I thought was very creative and delightful. Yeah, there's a little bit there where I was wondering if the some of the choruses, I was like, is that them sampled? And then I'm like, is that the original vocal? And then with effects on it? They're like, no, I think it's a different guy just singing similar to that. Yeah. But there's a minute there, some of those bigger vocals, I'm like, is that just like sampled and doubled and reverbed and stuff? I'm like, no, I think it's, a, it's an original. But So it does sound a lot like it, but the, the vibe, the um, kind of ambient, dreamy vibe that it takes on is uh very cool yeah i i think it makes its makes its own mark on the song really nicely spencer what do you think about that one yeah it's it's not a a huge difference from the original like you said but you you know it's clear that they've made it their own version which i like you know i you know when when a cover is a little bit too accurate it's like uh you know do something with it and they they definitely did that here yeah yeah, the, it, when you're going for a cover that's different than the original, I mean, the, the two main things would be changing the mood or the vibe or the genre of it. So basically all that's done through, you know, you could be doing the exact same melody. You're not changing any melody, words, chords, maybe not t- changing the tempo all that much either. But if you're swapping out acoustics for electrics or putting a uke in or doing, you know, um, whatever else like that, that's one way to approach it is by keeping the song pretty much intact and just switching the genre or the, the, the vibe of it. Or the other way would be to like completely dismantle the song and yeah. uh, go really nuts with it. So usually you see more from the first camp, obviously, cause that's a little easier. Um, plus it's sometimes hard to take a song you really love and uh, you know, not, I don't know if destroy it is the right word, but like deconstruct it in a way where it feels so different from your one of your favorite songs it's almost hard like you want to make it different but you don't want to make it so different that it's not like the song you love it's a it's tough to make a really good cover i feel like so not to transition to this one if you don't want to talk about this one yet but i feel like that's kind of the case with the jazz cover that you picked well yeah Um, yeah we could we could go right into that after so yeah go go right ahead yeah i i feel like that's the, the jazz one what really struck me about it was that there were moments where you could like it brought you back to what the chorus of birdhouse sounds like or like these little snippets of what birdhouse sounds like but for the most part it really was like riffing on it and turning it into something completely different from anything that you would you wouldn't be able to sing birdhouse in your soul while listening to most of that cover a hundred percent it's like seven minutes long yeah yeah i i got a couple of minutes in and i was like i love this i was in a jazz band for years i played the baritone sax and that's a clearly a feature in this version and i was like i want to be in a big band again so i can play this song and then i was listening and listening and of course there were other links that i had to get through and and i was like holy shit it's over seven minutes and they had just gotten into a solo and i was like i am gonna come back to this version and listen to the whole thing um because it's amazing but i don't have time for it right now so oh and then emergency postcards pops up which i was like what is that and then i realized that's the name of their album so if you want to support these guys go buy emergency postcards it's they're really good 
Yeah, in, in the uh, so Kevin C. Jones is where you can find this full jazz, and it says jazz reinterpretation. They do mm-hmm. preface it right away. It says a jazz reinterpretation of Birdhouse in Your Soul originally by They Might Be Giants. Definitely not a cover, so don't expect it to sound exactly like the original. <laughs> the free portion head over to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast to hear spencer rachel and i talk about a bunch more covers patreon.com slash this might be a podcast thanks to all of my patreon members aaron schindler ac jane adam rivera andy howard anna canada Averin keating anthony millet becca ganey melinda van helden Brian Sablett, Brian Mraz, Carrie Hearn, Carla Hoffman, Chip Jamerson, Chris Oliveira, Chris Tull, Sarus Faravar, Dane Gore, Dana Williamson, Donovan Campbell, Diana Clater, Ger Samuel, Harley Rowan, Heather Baird, Jacob McLea, John Eulis, Jordan Moe, Kimberly Wood, Kai Pfeiffer, Kyla Gilmore, Lisa Selecki, Machiak Taubert, Mari Morton, Matt Lee, Mel Matsuka, Philip Lewis, Coleman Haggerty, Rachel Jones, uh, the Sadie Hawkins Pod, Daniel Leary, Sean Patrick Cook, Spencer Parks, Steve Pence, Tara Trait, and Yuki Tron. Thanks, all of you. Hope to see some more of you over there as well.